Hey everybody, Tyler Smith here. This is More Than One Lesson Minisode number 32. Uh, very exciting. We're continuing our series on the best of pictures. And we'll be talking about the movie that won Best Picture for 2011, uh, which is The Artist, directed by, I believe, it's Michel Hazanavicius. I think it's that. Uh, so I apologize to him, who is obviously listening. Uh, but before I before we continue, we need to welcome in the a best pictureologist. I like to think somebody who just the preeminent uh, expert on best picture history. It's Josh Long. Josh, oh, it was me. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. I am writing a book on it. Oh wow. That's got to be the first time anybody wrote a book about the Oscars. Probably. Well done. I'm, thinking I'm sure a, it will be purchased. I feel like it's about time someone did. Yeah. People talk about it so much, so yeah. they, they probably would like to read about it. It's time to take them down a peg. Yeah. Um, it's only going to be available on the Nook. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah. Do I have a Nook? Yes, I do have a do Nook. You? I don't have a Kindle. I always mm-hmm. get them mixed up. Nook is Barnes & Noble. Kindle is Amazon. Yes. Okay. Um, you can tell you use it a lot because you <laughs> forgot whether you had one or not. Well, officially, I don't. It's it's Jen's. Uh, oh, okay. I've never used it. Uh, she only re- she got it for Christmas like two years ago and only recently started using it. Um, but yeah, so uh, so before we start recording, I said that there were no announcements, and indeed there are not. But I will put this out there, and uh, Josh, I'm kind of springing this on you, so I apologize. Uh oh. Um. I happened to look up uh, – I didn't look this up. I just happened to notice um, today in entertainment news, mm-hmm. there is a uh, a song called Alone Yet Not Alone that okay. was nominated for an Academy Award. Okay. Uh, it's from a movie called Alone Yet Not Alone. Okay. And the movie is very small. It was released in only a few – places it made like $150,000 uh it's a christian film hmm. and people were wondering well why on earth was this song nominated i mean how how did anyone hear it yeah and the guy who i believe wrote the song uh he, he might have just done the music or I, I don't remember it but he collaborated with somebody and it turns out that and i i knew this uh last year uh, sorry, last week, but um, it turns out that he was like the ex, the, like the former like governor of the musician wing of the academy or something like that. Oh, really? And he, when the time came, like they didn't have a budget to like mount a big uh, promotional campaign or anything like that. Uh, so he basically just like called people and said, "Hey, listen to this song and see what you think." Hmm. Um, and honestly, like when I first heard that, I'm like, oh, I'm not thrilled with that. It just, it almost seems like, hey, do me a favor. And uh, yeah, I did this thing. And so help me out. Um, and then it was actually just reported today that the Academy has gone in and disqualified the song. Really? They have, they have rescinded their nomination of That's the song. interesting. And uh I have not looked into whether uh, any Christians are upset about this. I, I would assume that there will be some backlash saying, mm-hmm. well, wait a second. You know, there's all kinds of 
promotional things ha- that happen with the Academy Awards. Like, why was this singled out? Um, and in the article that I read, thankfully, they, they gave a history of when the Academy Awards have rescinded a nomination. Mm-hmm. Uh, it hasn't happened very often, but it has happened before. Um, and so – and there was one instance where there was a, a movie I think called something like High Society or something like that. Uh, one of the – there are two movies in one year called High Society. Oh, Really? Uh, one of them was like a big successful musical. There's one that has like uh, Frank Sinatra is in it. I think. Well, maybe it's Fred Astaire. I think it's like Fred Astaire. Louis Armstrong is in it. Yeah, I think it's that one. Yeah. And that one was very successful. But then there was another one that was kind of a Bowery Boys comedy, okay. also called High Society. Hmm. And through a weird through what is assumed to be a mix-up, the Bowery Boys film was nominated for something, maybe best picture. I don't know. Uh, and to their credit, the, I think the guys who made that film said, you know what? I think you might be thinking of the other one. We cannot in good conscience accept this nomination. (laughs) And so like I hear that, I'm like, that's amazing. That's pretty funny. Um, but, uh, but that's beside the point. What I will say is that, uh, I, I highly doubt anybody listening to this is, is up in arms about Mm -hmm. the disqualification of, of this nomination. Um, and, while I'm, I, I would venture to say that Hollywood tends to not be remarkably sympathetic towards Christians. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we need to be very careful about uh, using words like uh, persecution or what or so, anything along those lines, um, because as evidenced by a number of people on Facebook today, people who were anticipating a Christian backlash to this. They responded to what they assumed would happen. And my first thought was like, well, you're just responding to what you assume would happen. It's like, yeah, but historically, this is the kind of thing that does happen. And while I'm not thrilled with setting up kind of a straw man, it is not without uh, precedent in this instance as well. And so, um, you know, Christians do have, I think, something of a persecution complex when it comes to Hollywood. And while I am the first one to say that we are not portrayed very well. And I think Hollywood by and large is not a big fan of us. Uh, when it comes to stuff like this, I think all the, all the backroom stuff of like the guy maybe calling in favors and stuff. I think that's, that's a perfectly fine reason to disqualify the song yeah. without incorporating, uh, some kind of conspiracy theory. So I just wanted to put that out there. Um, because it's a bit of a Christian, film news that coincides with academy awards and hmm. that kind of thing and it's it's very i don't know i find it very interesting hmm. but uh but anyway speaking of academy awards yes oh Josh, that's what we're here, talking about that's yeah, what we're talking about. we're talking about the best picture of 2011 michelle hazanavicious's the artist hazanavicious is um josh yes what did you think about the artist? First off, maybe let's go into a little bit of detail okay. about what it is, what it is about, what the story. What is. is it? What is it about? Well, it's a silent film for the most part. Well, now that doesn't seem to make any sense, Tyler, because they stopped making silent films way back in like the twenties and thirties. I understand what you're saying. I understand your confusion, which is something I don't say to you very often. Um, but uh, yeah, that was a stylistic choice. They chose to shoot it in black and white. And uh, they chose to shoot it uh, largely silent because they wanted to uh, uh, talk about uh, 
Hollywood and, and the nature of, of Hollywood and maybe of art in general and the way it, it uh, can chew somebody up and spit that person out when that person is no longer of use to them and that kind of thing. And they chose to, to uh, sort of go retro with it in order to maybe make a point about modern Hollywood as well. So that John Goodman that was in that movie is the actual John Goodman that I know and not just somebody who looked like him and That's, had the yes. same name and was 50 years older? That It is that self-same John Goodman. Wow. Yes, I know. It's very exciting. Interesting. So, uh, so that's essentially what it is about. It's about a, a silent film star who's very, uh, very popular, a very dashing man. And, uh, then with the advent of sound, he suddenly finds that, uh, he's not really relevant. And also he himself is very resistant to, uh, to involve himself with sound film for yeah. reasons that become clear later on in the film. In fact, at the very end of the film, yeah, which I, I think is a, I love the way that ending plays out yeah. and it's better if you don't know him as an actor. Yes. Now that we know him like that, that doesn't play as a surprise. Right. Um, but it did, it did at the time. So, which was cool. So I know that you, uh, that year when everyone, when everyone over at Battleship Pretension was making their top tens, uh, it did not make my top 10, but it is a film mm -hmm. I still enjoy. Uh, but it did make your top 10. It was pretty high up. It actually. did. It, I, it was my number three. Number three. We'll get to your numbers two and especially one in a moment. But first, uh, first things first, by and large, what did you think of the artist? Um, I, I liked it quite a lot, actually. I, I, maybe it's because I'm in, I enjoy silent film. I'm interested in silent film, so there was uh, there was the element of it where it's kind of kind of exploring that era and exploring what the change was, and um, it's almost kind of exploring. It, it, it's similar to Singing in the Rain mm -hmm. in that way, in a, in a weird way, in that it is exploring that that changeover and that you know a massive shift in in uh i guess the standard of the way things are done in hollywood um but whereas singing in the rain does it in more of a comical way mm -hmm. uh comical uh fun and fancy free way mm -hmm. this is a more well while it's still a fun movie it's it's a more serious look at it yeah which is interesting. It's I'm not sure if I would ever describe the artist as serious because everything is very exaggerated. And, and it right. all feels very – and I, I say this in a complimentary way. Mm -hmm. It all feels so very light. Yeah. And and for lack of a better term, f fluffy. Yeah. Like it just it's, – it's, it is not a, a heavy film at all even though – even when the characters are in the depths of despair and yeah. one of them even com uh, contemplating suicide, yeah. even then, uh, it all feels delightful. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So what, a, so aside from, uh, the exploration of, of old Hollywood, like, was there anything about the story specifically that, that you responded to? Um, I, I like the way I, I did enjoy the way that the story, I don't know. I think I think I enjoy the ways that the story supports that idea of of uh, the change in Hollywood and and um, the people who are sort of left behind. Um, and I I think the way the fact that it's using the style 
to tell a story about the style mm-hmm. is is very is very interesting. I thought it was very effective. I, one of my favorite scenes is um, there's a scene where, uh, for those who know the movie, and I, I guess too illuminated for those who don't, um, the lead character played by Jean Dujardin, he's the one who is sort of the, you know, he's the big Hollywood star. And then this uh, young girl played by Berenice, Berenice Bejo, I think is how you say her name. Probably Bejo, if I Bejo. had to guess. Bejo would be Spanish. Spanish. She could be Spanish. Who knows? Fair enough. Uh, I don't know. Um, probably not. She's married to the director. I assume they're both French. Who knows? Stands anyway, to reason. Um, <clears throat> she, she sort of, she starts as like a nothing, like an extra in his movies and then rises up the ladder. And as the shift over to sound happens, she becomes the star that he once was. Yeah. Um, so there's an interesting juxtaposition there as well, which I, I like as a story element. But there's a great scene where... Um, she and, and, and him, she and he are both mm-hmm. at a, uh, at a restaurant. She doesn't know that he's there. Um, he's seen her, but she hasn't seen him. And she's talking with someone else about the silent actors. And she's talking about how silly they were. And she was talking about the mugging and how overacting they are. Mm-hmm. And while she's doing that, He's on the other side. And they do, they do this great shot where they're both in the frame, facing away from each other. And so she's talking about this, how ridiculous these actors are. And here he is, uh, letting all of that hit him in this very subtle, very um, small way. Yeah. So it he is silent film acting, doing the opposite of what she's saying. Yeah. Just showing that like it's not that's not necessary. Like it, it's not necessarily true that. Yeah. That's the way silent film has to be. And um, so that, that that to me was really interesting. That was a moment where both the story and the style point towards one of the themes. Yeah, it's – you know, the the choice to make the film silent uh, is one that – like for example, you mentioned Singing in the Rain, the, the transition from silent to sound – is a big part of singing in the rain. And not only is that not a silent film, it is a musical. It yeah. is everything that, <laughs> is, that is not silent. It's in, it's in vibrant color and, and all of that. Whereas this one, they chose to, you know, chose to embrace the, the, the old style. But Another, it seemed like an arbitrary choice to me at the time, hmm. but as time has gone on, I've actually really embraced it because yeah. in, because even, even film fans who are, I'd say I'm fairly accustomed to watching silent film. I mean, I took a couple classes on it, mm-hmm. uh, and specifically silent comedy, but silent film in general doesn't, doesn't really bother me, but it's not, it certainly is not something you're used to seeing on the big screen. Yeah. Uh, when you go out to a movie and so it is a little jarring. And so, and certainly I, I'm sure that everyone that wound up seeing the film, cause it was fairly successful and anybody who wound up seeing the film, I'm sure, had to readjust and, and be like, Oh, right. Okay. So this is silent. All right. Um, okay. It just, even I had to do that a little bit. (laughs) And so in that sense, it almost makes us not hostile is too strong a word, but like we, I don't know. It requires something of you that you weren't necessarily expecting when you go to the movies. And in doing so it, like we're so accustomed to sound, uh, that, 
even if the movie is even if a silent movie is great we have to we're not immediately comfortable uh and so in that way it puts us in the position of the audience members at the time uh not that they were accustomed to sound quite the opposite but once hit sound hit it's like why would i ever go back yeah uh which is what the main character's situation is is he's making good movies Mm -hmm. good silent movies in an era of sound no one is interested yeah they want stuff they can hear and we ourselves though the movie is great and i'm not saying like uh this would be better if i could hear it it's not that but you know Anybody at the time who was used to seeing this sound movie and that sound movie, and it's like, oh, George Valentin has a has a new movie out. I guess I'll go see it. Uh, oh, but wait, what? He's still doing this? So, like, just for the, uh, uh, the briefest of moments, we feel what the audience at the time would feel. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, and in doing so, we find ourselves being like, yeah, George Valentin, like, he is behind the times. <laughs> I know how I feel about this. How much yeah. more so would people at the time feel like, oh, I'm, I don't – don't, don't you want to you know, employ sound? Why wouldn't, you want, why wouldn't you want this? Yeah. So as a stylistic choice and I always like when a, when a filmmaker does something to engage the audience in a way that other films quite literally can't. Yeah. And I feel like this is a choice that does that. Yeah. Um, you started to say something and then I interrupted with like two minutes of oh, that's discussion. Fine. I think I was just going to interject while you were talking about singing in the rain that another another weird connection is that they both come up with the same solution. Mm-hmm. If you remember, like in in both films, since they can't uh, since they can't do it silent anymore, now they're gonna they're gonna add dancing. That's what's yeah. gonna get people to come in and yeah. and listen. Yeah, and it's – and it, I do remember thinking that at the end of The Artist, it seemed like kind of a kind of easy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like it wasn't uh, – that is what happened with film in a lot yeah. of ways. Um, but the thing that gets me about The Artist – because I, I know there are a lot of people that consider it to be kind of an overrated best picture or a movie that is not – deserving of best picture and that's going to be a common refrain in the things that way we say either we will say them or we will mention that people often think that um and when when a movie is designated the best movie of the year immediately there's a huge target on its back yeah um because you know the artist wasn't my favorite movie of that year it wasn't your favorite movie of that year no both of our favorites were nominated for best picture so we could make the argument. It's like, Oh no, that should have won. That was the best movie of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can do that almost every year. And then sometimes your favorite movie happens to be the one nominated for picture. You're like, Oh, you know what? The Academy got it right that time. (laughs) Um, and so, uh, but that's the thing is sometimes there are movies that you can tell because maybe they're tackling a certain issue or because maybe there's some politics behind it. Mm -hmm. That's maybe why it won. Yeah. Um, I mean, we talked about Argo before and I feel like there's just, there's a lot of uh, Hollywood uh, uh, back padding uh, on that one, but yeah. uh, but with uh, the artist, I feel like anybody who's like, "Oh, that movie's you know, come on," it's just like, and I know that this seems like a strange thing uh, to say, but like, the artist is a, in many ways, a great movie. Is it the t- is it like? best picture caliber it's like well it's hard to say when movies like the sting have won best picture Mm -hmm. like 
it's just a f- great, fun movie. You enjoy it while you're watching it. You, th- you think about it, about it a little bit afterwards. And I kind of like that. I mean, you know, one can make the argument that like the silent thing could be viewed as a gimmick. And if it were, if the story were exactly the same, but the characters were talking uh, and we could hear it, that it wouldn't be nominated for anything, but it's like, mm, maybe, but at the same time, it is the, the quote unquote gimmick. It is there. And yeah. so you have to view the movie that it, that is, that exists. Right. As opposed to coming up with hypotheticals. Yeah. And I, th- this is one where I feel like the choice to go silent is for, is for a very important reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, gimmick implies that uh, it's just some kind of like uh, some kind of added showy thing that isn't necessary. Yeah. And I feel like it is necessary. I, like, I feel like if you do take that out, it doesn't get nominated for best picture, but I think that's because it wouldn't deserve it at that point. I feel like yeah. it's less interesting if you take that element out of it. Yeah. I feel like that's a good way of putting it. Like sometimes the Academy doesn't happen very often, but sometimes like, wow, you got, you really took a risk mm-hmm. and it paid off. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's just a nomination or, yeah. or whatever, but, uh, but yeah. And it's just a, it's just a, there are movies that are genuinely just not very good and when, and there's an argument to be made almost invariably beating out a, gr- a genuinely great movie. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about 96 another time. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but like when it's a movie that is, you know, and we talked about Argo in many ways, Argo is a fine movie, mm-hmm. but you and I had a lot of complaints about like, I don't know who these characters are. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of shortcuts being taken and it's just in the end, I just didn't find it to be a satisfying experience. I, I can't think of anybody that would watch the artist. I mean, people might, it might take them a while to get used to the silent thing, admittedly. Mm-hmm. But once you get used to it, I can't think of anybody that wouldn't enjoy the film. Yeah. Um, and really, when it comes down to it, a movie that I don't think makes a lot of compromises, it's not playing to lowest common denominator, no. but still manages to entertain and engage almost everybody that watches it like i'm fine with that winning best picture yeah um so good for it this is yeah this is a weird i guess this will be maybe kind of a segue to into the other films from that year but this is one of those years where while i had a different favorite movie that year Mm -hmm. i i'm like i'm not that upset about this one winning yeah you know like yeah, I don't know. Because there, there are other many other years where I think the movie that I liked better that year was much better and should have won. But yes. this one, I don't necessarily think that because I feel like, well, I'll go into my favorite movie of the year was Tree of Life. Mm-hmm. And I I can openly admit that that is not as accessible a movie, that that is something that a lot of people, there are a lot of people who hate that movie. Uh, the... When I saw the film in the theater, there was one person behind me who fell asleep for a great deal of it and another person who stood up at the end of the movie and I heard him saying, well, they should never let that guy make another movie. <laughs> so, um, the, all, that, all that to say, the man on the street wasn't super fond of it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's an amazing film and a, a fantastic film. And when I, when I have that, I'm sure you get this too, where you, you have the the thought now and then where you go to the movies like, do I only like 
old things. Like I, I think to myself, there's a lot of ones that I know. Like, oh, that's a that's a great film. Will I never be able to see any movie in the theater and think, oh, that's a great film? Because mm-hmm. I'm now at this point where I'm seeing everything as it comes out and analyzing as it comes out, and maybe yes. being too hard on it. Um, but then I always go back to when I saw Tree of Life. I was like, that's a great movie. That's yeah. one that people will for years consider a great movie. That's one that I'll look back on and be like, that was a great movie. Yeah. Um, so that that one gives me hope about my own movie watching experiences because because that's the way I felt about it when I when I came out of it. Uh, let's see. Am I able to recognize a group? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you watch There Will Be Blood, and you're like, there's yeah. something special happening. Yeah. Here. The, I felt the same way about There Will Be Blood and No Country for Old Men, yeah. which will come to another Minnesota, obviously. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, and. Uh, and that's the thing. Uh, and I, my favorite movie was, uh, that year was Moneyball, which I think is a really just, I feel like that's the whole package. I feel like that's a, a really wonderful film, but you know, uh, there's a debate going on amongst at the very least people I know, friends of mine that I've been involved in, um, regarding, uh, can, a can you like a movie that you don't think is very good or can you also not like a movie that you think actually is good? Um, so for example, Moneyball was my favorite movie of that year, but I think tree of life should have won best picture. Hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and it's just, I, I make the arguments like, well, Moneyball had certain, there are thir- certain thematic things in it that were resonant to me and me alone, but yeah. I can, I can think outside of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so I feel like, so I love Moneyball, uh, but I think maybe there were more risks taken by the artist. And then mm-hmm. I do think just in general that Tree of Life is is just a better film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do want to specify, uh, earlier when I was talking about just how much of a crowd pleaser the artist is mm-hmm. and that that makes it a great movie. I mean, obvi- I mean, you know, you and I both like Tree of Life and obviously not everybody does. Yeah. Um, so... I'm not making the argument that a movie has to please everybody for it right. to be considered great. I, right. You know, if you listen to the show for a, a long enough time, you'll recognize that certainly we don't, we don't believe that. But, right. uh, but, uh, yeah. So, um, so yeah, 2011, it was, and that's the other thing. So, okay. Yeah. Tree of life was nominated. Moneyball was nominated. Uh, but it was not, it was a fairly weak field. Best picture wise. Yeah. Looking back, there's, there, there's a lot that I still haven't seen that I don't have a great desire to see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, okay. So tree of life, the Descendants, which which is an Alexander Payne movie, which I saw, and I think there's a, some great performances in it. The writing is good. It won screenplay that year, uh, but by and large, it's it's fine. I, I don't. I would not have nominated it for picture. Yeah, extremely loud one. and incredibly close. I hated, hated, that, hated. That looked bad to me. I didn't want to see it then. I don't want to see it now. It was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Max von Sydow, who is great. Hey, I'll take that. Yeah, uh, The Help, which I didn't see, I and didn't I want to see it. Then don't want to see it now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I read bad things about it, and I I fe- as I was watching like the trailer and reading about it, I had kind of a this gut reaction, which is just like, ah, oh, so it would appear that once again, white people solved racism. Yeah, <laughs> good job, white people. Um, uh, Hugo, I saw, and I'm not a big fan of it. A lot of people love it. I am not a fan. It's a Martin Scorsese film. That that's one I, I haven't seen. That one, I feel like I should see it because I'm a Scorsese fan in general. But I feel like I'm not going to like it. It's I don't. It's visually marvelous, certainly, but story wise, and people are like, oh, but it's it's clear it's Martin Scorsese making a movie about his love of film. It's like 
first off, he makes a movie about his love of film every time he makes a movie. Yeah. He's that kind of director. Yeah. But also, like, I feel like when he makes it directly about that, I think he might have lost his perspective and, re- and realized, oh, shoot. Well, maybe he didn't realize, oh, shoot. <laughs> but just like, oh, there's... There is no main character here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Moneyball and then, uh, oh, Midnight in Paris, which is a very good movie. Yeah, Midnight in Paris is, is good. But even for me, that. that's that's that goes in the category of lesser Woody Allen for me. Yeah, yeah. it's That one's kind of a crowd pleaser too. Like yeah. it's, it's fun, it's enjoyable, it's him being kind of exploring some things, but not edgy Woody Allen, not right. Blue Jasmine Woody Allen. No, um, not, uh, not even... Uh, <laughs> What's the one I'm trying to think of? The small time crooks. <laughs> it's it's no small time crooks. Uh, I don't know why I can't think of it. The match match point match point. Yeah. Well, certainly that's that one's pretty rough. That's yeah. that's crimes and misdemeanors minus humor. Yeah. <laughs> um, quite <laughs> literally, a, the story is very a, similar to Martin Landau. I feel story. like we've said that before on this on this show. It's it's a, when I saw that one, I was astounded how similar it is to crimes and misdemeanors. Yeah. And I thought this had to have occurred to him on the set. Like I've kind of made this movie already. Yeah. But um, that's the thing. Tone makes a difference, and the tone definitely. is so it's it's so yeah. different. But anyway, maybe, yeah. Yeah, uh, Midnight in Paris is a, is a good movie that I enjoy and I and I recommend. Yeah. Um, okay, so Moneyball and then um, and then War Horse, which I didn't see. That it, it, I didn't see either. It didn't and look I, that good to I'm me. Not that interested in it. Yeah, I hear it's a great play, but as a movie, it's just yeah. like yeah, this kid goes after his horse in the middle of war. That doesn't it's sound like that good to Private me. Ryan, but with a horse. Saving Mr. Ed. Hey, I'm sure I'm the first one to make that joke. Um, but anyway, so so yeah, it was a fairly weak field. There were good movies made that year, but they they weren't nominated. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I love Tree of Life and I love Moneyball. So I feel like it was between, for me personally, it was between Moneyball, Tree of Life, and The Artist. And they chose yeah. to go with The Artist, and I'm fine with that. If, yeah. they cho- if they had given it to Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, you would then have I heard would have me. Been upset. Yeah. I feel like that film is more than a little immoral. Um, yeah. <clears throat> it's like Pearl Harbor, but all gussied up. Uh, but it still is it's, exploiting our feelings about something uh, that's d- deeply painful. Yeah. That was one of those ones where when I saw the trailer, it just it felt like deeply cloying Oscar bait. And yeah. I thought, I'm, I'm, I'm not interested in rewarding that. Yeah. There are good things in it, but it, it adds up to just a big uh, – I'll quote uh, comedian Mike Schmidt. That thing is just a swing and a miss. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah. So uh, in the end, I would say uh, – the artist is a great movie listeners. If you haven't seen it, seek it out. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, we stand behind it. Did it deserve to win best picture? Hard to say it, it achieves everything that it seeks out to do. You could do a lot worse than that. Mm-hmm. So, and I, if you haven't seen any other, uh, Mikel or Michelle has vicious films. He, uh, he seeing this film led me to the OSS 117 films, which are delightful as well. So if which you seen any of also those, have Jean de Jean Dujardin is the, the yeah. and the first one has Bernice Bijou. Oh yeah. Uh, as well. And by the way, she's delightful. She, yeah, she's great. Both, both she and Jean de Jardin, uh, the film, I should note that the film won best picture, director, actor, uh, costume design and music. Yeah. Um, all of which I'd say was deserved. The music is yeah. really quite good. Who does um, that? It's uh, Ludovic Bors. Oof. 
Right. Morse? I don't know. I'm don't remember not that good with pronunciation, obviously. Oh, cool. But yeah, uh, there's a lot of great things about it. Uh, yeah, seek it out. It's a great movie. Um, and that, that is not something we're going to be saying <laughs> all the time yep. uh, as we go through uh, the best pictures. But anyway, so, uh, all right. Uh, so I've made some broad sweeping statements in this minisode about, hey, everyone I know that saw the artist really liked it. You might be the exception, in which case, go to the comments section of, the, of yeah. this post and, uh, and let us know. Or maybe you, maybe, you, uh, you know, maybe you did love the artist and you just want the world to know. And now's your, now's your opportunity. So Sing it from the, from the rooftops. Absolutely. Via the in the rain section. Yes. In the con- yes. <laughs> yeah. Let your soul sing via internet comments. Um, but anyway, so, um, so yeah, uh, uh, I don't think I'll sign off with all the usual things. I think I'll just say thank you all for listening. Josh, thanks for being here. You're welcome. And we'll get you next time. Bye.